Welcome to Cybercast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm your host, Kate Macri. We are more than halfway through President Joe Biden's first year in office, and we now know that cybersecurity is a huge priority for the Biden administration. The Department of Homeland Security spearheads many of Biden's cyber efforts. And when most people think about the cyber leaders at DHS, they think of CISA. But FEMA plays a significant role in cybersecurity, especially when it comes to supporting state, tribal, and local government cyber efforts. In February, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas boosted funding for FEMA's cybersecurity grants by 7.5% or at least $25 million, which FEMA will distribute to state, tribal, and local governments. Today's episode features the Acting Chief Information Security Officer at FEMA, Dr. Greg Edwards, who will discuss all things cybersecurity at FEMA. Dr. Edwards boasts a long and diversified career in IT. Prior to his work at FEMA, Dr. Edwards held IT leadership positions at the Defense Information Systems Agency, or DISA, Dell Technologies, and NATO. Before assuming the role of acting CISO at FEMA, Dr. Edwards served as Chief Technical Advisor to the Office of the CIO at FEMA. FEMA is known as the federal agency that responds to disasters and helps communities recover from them. FEMA also works to prevent disasters from occurring in the first place, or at least soften the impact. Part of FEMA's mission is to manage the National Flood Insurance Program and develop flood maps to determine insurance rates. This data, and all community data collected by FEMA to respond to disasters, is highly sensitive and needs protection. When it comes to cybersecurity at FEMA, data protection is huge, Dr. Edwards said. We were very pleased uh, from a FEMA perspective, but all throughout DHS, to receive the the increased uh, focus on cybersecurity as it uh, remains a very, very uh, vital threat to the business that that we perform. And that business is primarily ensuring disaster survivors' data is not compromised. And so the focus is on ensuring that that data is protected and it can't be exploited. So you might say, okay, Greg, what are you talking about? What kind of data? But obviously what we do is uh, flood insurance, people filing claims for that, uh, survivors, individual assistance, public assistance, housing inspections, hazards, uh, mitigation, and so on. All of these are applications and systems and services that that have to be protected. And so that's primarily where we'll be uh, directing the uh, grant funding that uh, we receive. Going a little deeper, okay, you needed the funding to do what? From a cyber perspective, we like to talk in terms of confidentiality, integrity, availability. And what we're saying is still protecting that data, but making sure that it uh, remains confidential between the two parties in which it was intended to be shared. Uh, and that, that, that data has integrity as it is transmitted from point A to point B. 
It's not intercepted. It's not altered in any manner by anyone. And then availability, we're talking the overall system and services that we perform. So there has to be a strong, resilient network infrastructure from an enterprise perspective that's supporting those services. So that's how we intend to uh, use those funds. Dr. Edwards wants to protect data and boost cybersecurity measures at FEMA through increased monitoring, regular cyber assessments, and identity control and access management, or ICAM. Deploying ICAM solutions at FEMA is Dr. Edwards' number one priority because identity access control is a number one area for cyber attacks. You know, there's many different vectors, we call them, the different areas where you can be attacked. But statistically, uh, something referred to as access control is the still uh, the number one area in which uh, environments are, are, are receiving uh, attacks. And so if I can get access to your computer, then I can get access to your data. So we're addressing that from the ICAM perspective by, again, having a system that has a standardized card that you insert into your computer, but that card really is your, it is your credentials. It is, it is representative of you and only you. You must carry that card with you and protect it. Then we know exactly who logged in and the credentials are the, the authorizations that we've been given you to have access to the system. And so that is, is, is addressing the security threat at the front door. Uh, obviously, I'm going to keep repeating the identity control and access management. It's a huge initiative for us. And, and you see what we're doing is we're getting at the, at the point where we see where the world sees the greatest threat, and that's through your access mechanisms. So that's a keen focus for us. We also have a number of, um, of, of software applications that run within our enterprise, and some of them run within in cloud enterprises that we're responsible for, assuring that they have the proper security protections in place. That's called our security authorization process. And uh, that's doing technical assessments of those systems and services on an annual basis. And so we're, you know, ramping up our, our posture, increasing our staff to be able to make sure that, you know, we're doing annual uh, cybersecurity assessments of our environment. And then we identify problems. Obviously, we have uh, what we call plans of actions and milestones to then fix those problems. So that's ramping up more staffing to address our security authorization process. Also, we monitor the activity throughout our enterprise uh, 24-7, 365. And so we're keen to be uh, informed as to new tools and capabilities that will allow us to monitor the security posture of our enterprise. And so we're, we're looking at how we can optimize the use of uh, our staff and the current tools that we have, but also any new tools that uh, industry is bringing about to help us uh, have a better visualization to be able to identify and then de to detect and respond to security threats. As is the case with most federal agencies, developing a zero trust architecture is another big goal for FEMA 
which dovetails with Dr. Edwards' ICAM Solutions push. But Dr. Edwards wants to go beyond that. He wants to automate cybersecurity measures and processes so they're repeatable in the cloud. The, the principle of zero trust is another area of endpoint detection. It is knowing who and what assets are within your environment. If you know who and what assets are there, then you have a pretty good idea that there's not someone who should not be you know, in your home lurking around. And so we give identities you know, to the systems. We give identities to the people who are, who are accessing our, our enterprise. And so the endpoint detection is one area there. And zero trust, you know, it happens not just at the front door, but it happens at the various rooms throughout your house that, that have to be protected. And I'm saying if you went from your actual desktop, whatever that happens to be, you know, to a cloud environment, a large data center, you must also have protections, you know, in those areas as well. The applications, you know, have to be protected. Today, we use uh, a lot of username and passwords. That's a big gap in our security defenses. We get after that gap, a gap with the ICAM uh, program that I spoke to, but also by improving, again, with history and any new endpoint detection capabilities that they have, particularly in a cloud uh, environment. And, you know, we, we also, you know, this isn't all about technology. And so zero trust, sometimes we're not talking about the staff, you know. Um, zero trust in a cloud environment is a very complex uh, endeavor. And so we're increasing uh, our cybersecurity professionals, the capacity, you know, the staffing level that we have, and training them, you know, in cloud areas to, to, to be ready to address the threats that uh, we face but particularly zero trust, and as we see it to our future in the cloud. We think optimizing and maturing our assets and authorization process, making it repeatable and simplified, and I'm taking this down to, you know, some people talk people, process, and technology, but they're all very, very important. So this is maybe a process piece that we don't want to overlook. We don't want to think that we can just, you know, buy a tool and employ that tool, and it's going to, to take care of, uh, of our challenges. Now, the challenge that I'm saying that we're in the authorization process is there are constantly changes going on throughout your, your software, your data center, throughout your enterprise. You know, patches being made, new software being introduced. With those come threats, that would come vulnerabilities. Hence, we have to check periodically, you know, annually to see what's going, going on in those areas. That's why that process of being able to go in and do a technical assessment of an environment and then to do a, a procedural, we call it non-management, check of that environment. We're able to then look at the true health and well-being of each one of our various systems, uh, ensuring they're secure. So the point there being we're hiring more staff and we're looking at our processes that we call the authorization process to make them simplified and repeatable. And at a um, DHS uh, level, we've, we have a system called the Cybersecurity Assessment and Management. Cybersecurity Assessment and Management. And, and this is where we're looking to automate 
that process of performing the work of doing authorizations. And authorization now is, okay, I've checked the, the health and well-being of your system this year, and you are in a good uh, stead. We will approve it to continue to operate. You know, hopefully, we don't have a situation where we're not approved to operate, but sometimes that occurs. And then, most importantly, every always there's actions that need to be taken to improve the security posture. And that's where the focus is in, in this process, is they test it, find the problems, and then spend time fixing those problems because you know, they, they represent risk to the overall enterprise. Dr. Edwards believes a DevSecOps approach to software development can also strengthen FEMA's cybersecurity posture. The DevSecOps absolutely plays a role. If we had stronger DevSecOps today, many feel and we feel that our security posture would be much stronger. And that's, that's the development of applications and services and security is considered you know, in that development. There is a testing that it would occur and then before it goes into operations you know, to, to simplify that. And so that concept is a powerful one that we bought into. And so from a FEMA perspective, we have a large enterprise today and there are many, many applications and services providing the functions that I mentioned to you before. But let's say there's a disaster that occurs in Texas. Okay, well, we have someone forward deployed in the Texas area and they would, they would address that. But where is their data? You know, they're reaching back to the enterprise, you know, for that data, but they're collecting data locally as well. Again, we want to make sure that that is protected data. You know, you could look at it from a privacy perspective, you know, not necessarily secure information, but if, if, if one finds themselves in a survivor situation and you're giving your particulars, you know, to someone representing the, the agency, that needs to be protected as it is then filed such that claims be then issued. And so my point to you is we, we have to very uh, stay focused on how we collect the information. You know, we can't, you know, we can't collect it in a manual way, right? Uh, that's just not uh, where we are in, in the world today. So electronically, as we collect that information, it has to be protected there. That's security. Okay, those systems have to be monitored to make sure that they don't have vulnerabilities themselves to some cyber attack. And then that data is sent back to the center, you know, perhaps to our data center where it is then analyzed and then more, you know, shared more broadly amongst other applications uh, such that the service can be provided to the, uh, to, to the survivor. Uh, so the point being protection at the edge is my point. The edge for us is the disaster. So protection from there to the center. And the center is our data centers. And our data centers are, you know, an on-premise data center, as well as we have many cloud instances of, uh, of data being hosted. Ransomware continues to assail federal agencies, and FEMA is no exception. Dr. Edwards said FEMA is working to ensure the proper security measures are in place to respond to the ransomware crisis. Dr. Edwards believes ICAM solutions and routine data backups 
can provide a barrier against ransomware attacks. There is an increase in ransomware activity, and uh, we see the same thing that the rest of the world sees. And uh, what we try to do, though, fundamentally, is what I indicated in terms of having the protections in place for it, and the primary threat being someone accessing your identity and then getting into a system and then stealing that data or perhaps uh, taking control of it so that you can't access it. So what we try to do is the identity pieces that I mentioned to you. But then the second piece I would mention is that we certainly realize that, you know, that could happen to anyone at any time. And so we want to make sure that our data is always backed up uh, such that should it happen to us in any of our spaces, we'd be able to recover uh, to the restored data while that situation was resolved. The funding bump to FEMA's cybersecurity grant program will help state, tribal, and local governments improve their cybersecurity posture this year as well. Dr. Edwards wants state, tribal, and local government cybersecurity to be just as good as federal cybersecurity and take advantage of ICAM solutions. And obviously, that's where disasters occur, is within those state and local government areas. And so we have a strong partnership uh, there. And the primary area that I wanted to mention today is in terms of um, identity management, identity control, identity protection. What we're saying is that at the state and local area, we have been working closely with them to ensure that they had the same level of identity when they access the various systems that we have in, in FEMA. What I'm talking about is in, in practical terms is a card, a card that you put into a device and you authenticate yourself you know, to, the, to the network, to the system. And it identifies you, your, your credentials via that card. And then you put a PIN number in to, to show that you know, there's a person there and there's, there's something that's identifying you to have access. We've had a big initiative uh, and we continue with the states local governments and tribes and territories to actually provide them training and, and some of the uh, services to have those cards. Again, keep in mind the focus is we want to protect the data and we want everybody who is authorized to be able to access that data. And that brings us down to identity. SolarWinds and CISA recently said the mass shift to remote work increased cyber vulnerabilities for federal agencies. Dr. Edwards said that's one of FEMA's top cyber lessons learned from the COVID-19 pandemic. The, the biggest lesson or, or one of the key lessons is, is just that. We need to be better prepared to scale for remote, for telework, you know, in, in environments. The the, the ability to work in one of those environments, but then to be able to, in a protected manner, access you know the federal or the government network, that that was the lesson learned by many in terms of just the scale. Then it was some processes and procedures, and the simple thing is, uh, can you have a printer, you know, connected in your home? I would share with you that there is a threat, you know, to doing that. 
with your own your wireless uh, network and you know et cetera et cetera that presents you know a threat so it was uh, you know adjusting our policies and procedures and accepting some risk and I mentioned to you before authorizing systems well we, we're beginning to think about uh, the future of uh, our workplace and, and we'll need to put some processes and procedures in place such that we are checking on those remote workers and, and you know and talk about an endpoint detection such that we know what they're doing you know on their systems and that we check up check on that uh, periodically to see the the, uh, the posture so that's the primary one Cybersecurity is at the forefront of IT priorities for federal agencies this year. At FEMA, that means modernizing and deploying ICAM solutions, upskilling IT staff, and optimizing, maturing, and automating cyber processes. Supporting community cyber efforts is key to FEMA's mission, and FEMA is already working hard to ensure local governments have the resources they need to defend against cyber attacks. Every other news headline is about federal cybersecurity or the latest hack. To get deep analysis and insider perspectives on what's trending in federal cybersecurity, subscribe to Cybercast and visit our website at governmentciomedia.com. I'm your host, Kate Macri. Thank you for listening. Cybercast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentcio.com slash podcasts. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.